0: You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. We've got a new segment coming up now with my boy Drama. In the house from Young and Reckless. If you guys have ever seen The Fantasy Factory, which literally was my fantasy. I remember when the show first came out, I was freaking out uh, that there was this entrepreneur out there that had built something so crazy. And this nutso young man was part of the cast of that and is now built. What's up, brother? It's good to see you. How are you, man? Built his own company from the ground up. There we are, uh, man. I'm so, so honored to be here. Dude, it's awesome to have you here. This is great.
1: I've watched all the shows, so I feel like I'm on like one of my favorite TV shows. You know nice.
0: I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. I literally, and I, I told you this on your podcast, I freaked out when they said that uh, you'd asked me to be on your podcast. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Drama from Young and Reckless drama? Yeah, that made me so happy. Yeah. That so was, yeah. The, the cool thing for me, so not only did I watch the Fantasy Factory, but back at Quest when we were... Um, Really getting social, and we were doing our because we did quest apparel briefly yep, yep. it's now turned into something much more logical, yeah. uh, but at the time we were doing uh, like like actual apparel apparel mm-hmm. and we found your content said so this is an example of staying on brand yeah which you 've always done an amazing job of yeah,
1: that means a lot because that 's literally like um, probably the one goal of mine that is like the biggest nightmare in my life is why do you say that well just because it's so important to me and i would say that if i'm anything i probably lean most towards a marketing or branding person Mm. and i see the power of young and reckless and what we could accomplish if we really hammered home and stayed on brand so like it's literally every marketing opportunity every everything that comes across my plate i just try to like I obsess over whether or not it fits and um, try to make sure that it always does.
0: Why do you think staying on brand is so important?
1: Because I literally think that you either do that or you do nothing. And the way when it comes to building a brand and the way that I explain it a lot to younger people is like building a brand is almost like building a human being. And you want that human being to be trustworthy and reliable and accountable and all those things. And so imagine if you met somebody and they showed up and they were really funny and quirky and whatever. And you're like, I really like that guy. And the next time they showed up, they were completely different. Mm. And the next you you don't trust that person, you don't want to hang out with that person anymore because they're probably a serial killer, right? <laughs> and so not only are you trying to construct this sort of human being type thing, but you want it to be, you want people to love it. Mm-hmm. and to want to support it and to like it and i just think like i don't know when, when i named the brand young and reckless i saw the power that it could potentially have but it's a gift and a curse because the word the words mean something right. so everything you do people are going to question it
0: automatically whether that is young and reckless or not you know right. so how do you think about um, as you've matured mm-hmm. how do you think about like staying true to who you actually are or do you do you think that the brand should in some way represent who you really are no to be honest I don't think the brand should really I mean the brand's values come from my
1: basic values right which is um, that young people I my goal in life is to encourage young people to sort of break out of the mold I know you say break out of the matrix which I love right. um, break out of the mold and do what they want to do, right? And I think that the education system is very flawed and I think that the way a lot of people are parented is very flawed. And I think that true happiness or success only comes from breaking out of that and doing what you want to do with your own life, right? So that is how I look at my own life. That's where I think that I've found a life that I never thought I would be able to have and been able to find true happiness. Um, So at the foundation of it, it comes from, me and who i am Mm. on a surface level i realize that like my wardrobe is not going to be young and reckless forever (laughs) Uh, i'm not going to be young forever i'm not going to know who the hot new rappers are forever who the hot new artists are i'm just not and i think that where a lot of people go wrong is they hold it too close and they try to keep it with them forever and it's like it's not at some point a an 18 year old kid is not going to want to dress like you know this 35 year old man so That's where the handoff
0: is for me. Now, as you get into doing content, which I I think is really interesting that you're now doing the podcast. And obviously you and I have talked off camera about finding a way into really giving people usable information. Um, Do you think at all about sort of as this entrepreneur movement happens that you're going to be able to help them Um, the young and reckless crowd, reckless to find the way that you just defined it, really find their voice and find their ability to um, succeed in business or in whatever they wanna do?
1: I do, and I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't actually like a deep-seated passion of mine to be, and I really hesitate like calling myself any sort of teacher or coach. I'm way more a student, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it just kinda so happens that some people know who I am, so I have a bit of a built-in following, Content is obviously bigger than ever, and the entrepreneur thing is bigger than ever. And so what that means to me is there's way more people listening, and there's way more people that have the ability to access what you're saying than ever. So it's almost like, the way I see it is, everything's kind of aligning to like, you're stupid if you don't do this, right? But the way that I look at it is, the reason why I do my podcast, for instance, I'm learning from each of those episodes. I'm not teaching. So I'm saying, here are people that used to be young and reckless, and they're the ones that made it. Now let's listen together to how they made it, right? And when I do like a video blog or something, there's my camera filming right there, it's all I'm simply saying is watch, come with me as I try to figure it out, Mm -hmm. right? I try not to be too preachy or anything like that. And then with Young and Reckless, my job is to spotlight the people in the trenches going through it. Here's a hot new rapper that's really cool that went through hell to get out of Atlanta and he just signed a deal with Interscope and I'm going to do a spotlight on him. So it's like, here's the next group, Mm. here's the people who made it, and here's me going along for the ride. That's kind of how I look at the whole thing.
0: I love that. And walk us through then as the learner, Mm -hmm. how did you pull off what you pulled off? So um, you obviously growing up in Ohio, where you're at today is not exactly the most obvious. No, of I mean, literally in this house is probably the polar opposite of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A Beverly Hills
1: mansion is, uh, is the polar opposite of where I grew up. Same with Tacoma, Washington. There you yeah, go. So. That's the beauty of it. Mm. Um, what was the question?
0: So how did you do it? How would you pull it off? How did you oh. end up? You've got this multi-million dollar brand that yeah. you built from scratch. Yeah. I think there are misconceptions about how you built it. Yeah. And how seriously you are. I was going to say how seriously you take yourself as an entrepreneur. But you're actually a for real entrepreneur, meaning you run a company. You're not a figurehead. Yeah. You actually run a company. Yeah. So
1: I would say this is, if I could explain kind of how I did it, I guess I would say, because this is why I try to make sure that I keep doing every single day, is I just... I chased opportunity, like viciously chased opportunity. Um, Then I learned once I got there, and then I didn't hesitate to apply it, Mm. right? And I think that I still, to this day, try to balance... Those things, because if you spend your time learning too much and never acting, you're going to fail, right? If you spend your time acting, 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 but you're never learning what you're doing, you're going to fail. If you spend your time chasing opportunity and never doing anything, you're going to be at best in some famous person's entourage, right? I think that's how those people end up there, because you see opportunity, but you never act. My point is That's actually
0: really insightful.
1: That is how, I I believe. Unless you grew up with that person or whatever, but here's what a funny thing happens, and I can tell you firsthand. When you're around success... The same way you say when you dream too hard, you feel it, mm-hmm. when you're around success, you really feel it. You. you really feel like you're a comp. I mean, you're waking up in the morning, maybe you're going to some hot Hollywood party, you're waking up in an amazing house, you're going to an award show, why do the work? You right. already have all the rewards, and you're so close to it, except for one day, that person stops, or stops being your friend, or kicks you out, and now you're screwed and your whole life is has no meaning, mm-hmm. because now it's like, wait a minute, what happened? What did I really do? So. The point is, uh, give
0: people so for people that don't know you, how did you end up in in a very successful entourage?
1: Well, so, what happened was I uh, born and raised in Akron, Ohio, the moment I turned eighteen, I moved to l a simply because, I love skateboarding. And LA is the skateboard capital of the world. But I knew I wasn't going to be a professional skateboarder um, because, funny enough, I had a really bad uh, traumatic brain injury, which I know that we're big on brain stuff right now. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was in a coma From for skate- four days. What? Brain bleeding and fractured skull and blood clot in my brain. Yeah. What
0: the fuck happened?
1: Uh, I just, I was leaving a skate park. And I went to hop down a set of stairs. And I meant to kick my skateboard away. But I landed back on it instead. And I just literally, like, whiplashed onto my thing and woke up four days later.
0: Whoa, I had no idea. Yeah, so so
1: that kind of, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't too much long term like craziness from that, but um, it definitely like derailed, you know, like the passion for, because you know, after multiple of those, you're really screwed. So, anyway, point is, so I moved to LA um, kind of blindly just following a love for skateboarding. I thought I was probably going to work at a skate shop or something. And uh, my cousin, uh, who was a pro skateboarder at the time, Six months after I got here, started filming a pilot for a potential MTV show, and to us that was like, "What the hell is the, you know what does that even mean?" Right? MTV was so far beyond any of our like expectations, mm. and sure enough, I mean, the long story short of it is, the show ends up getting picked up. It's a massive success. It's called Robin Big. Um, I was his real life personal assistant at the time, so I get tied into the show as sort of the uh, whipping boy sort of a joke <laughs> but of all the jokes assistant right. And um, but I will say that at the time there was never a piece of my brain that said I want to be famous or I want to be on TV or I just knew once again this is opportunity I don't know what it is right. but I'll take the jokes because there's a better life at the end of this mm-hmm. I'm just not sure what it is yet so anyway that happened that went into a show called Fantasy Factory on MTV that was the moment where I said okay this is my time Right? I've learned now for a few years Um, I have my plan together. I know what I want to do. And I'm not going to let this marketing opportunity of being on another TV show pass me by. And that's when I really went full steam on my clothing brand. and, um, And, you know, like, for instance, like, I don't have, like, I loved being a part of the famous entourage, but I always looked at it as fuel. It was never the end. Like it, it, it was cool, but it drove me nuts because I didn't want to, work at a in a mansion all day and then drive back to my studio apartment i wanted to come over and visit my friend and then go back to my mansion next door and there was never a part of me that was ever ever tricked that it was mine but what it did do is it showed me that it was possible and i watched it happen and i watched a tv show be made and then become a hit and i watched Mm -hmm. brands be made and so that's what i owe so much to and that's what i think has turned into a bit of my life goal, right, is to say, here, watch me, watch this person, watch us. You can do that too, because I saw what that did for me. Mm-hmm. That changed my life. I mean, I have family members and friends that were in jail or addicted to drugs or, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I truly believe this is a really deep concept, but I, or a really deep statement, but I think a lot of that misery comes from a lack of purpose or belief that you can do it. And so you just spiral. Your brain's really powerful. So it's going to be sitting there thinking all day long. And if you don't have anything to think about or goals or anything, you're going to start popping some pills or smoking a bunch of weed to just calm it down. Right. And then, you know, that's where problems come.
0: That is amazing how aware you were in the process. When it was happening, are you thinking this stuff like, one day this goes away. One day the show isn't there anymore. I yeah. get kicked out, whatever. 100%.
1: 100% and, and I don't not to even sound like I just knew reality TV was not a career right <laughs> like yeah I knew that and I think we all know that and and the cool thing was we never like our show was never about our real lives it was never dramatic about our dating lives or anything like that we knew it was just a fun thing and we used it to market our products and our businesses and that's about it but um but yeah, I was aware that I needed to hurry up quickly and create a real career because mm. that wasn't one, but it was an incredible opportunity to start one. Right. Um, and I also knew, yeah, that I didn't want to be the entourage. I can't say that necessarily my view was as, cl- I couldn't probably have said it as clear as I can say it today, Sure. but it just, I always felt like it was driving me nuts. Like I always felt like I don't want to be the third guy in line. I don't want to be the you know, the guy that just is the third guy to walk through the door. I want this to be my thing.
0: What do you say when people are like, "No, nah, man, that's so ego-driven? Like, just be appreciative for what you have, drama. Uh,
1: no, I think that that's where the, I think that's where ego, I think that's where ego can be taken wrong. And I think that achieving and creating opportunity and an amazing life for yourself and wanting great things and wanting to give people great things and create great things is not, Ego. I think that had I walked around like I was better than I was at the mm-hmm. time, that would have been ego. I acted like I was third in line. Like if you watch <laughs> Robin Big, there was no ego in me. Like I was yeah. like, sure, I, this is what I'm gonna do. This is uh, this is funny. This I'm gonna go through this, and one day I'll be able to be in a position where. I can be in charge of something. You know? I
0: have to say, as a religious watcher of the show, and mm-hmm. I, I, not sorry, not Robin Big. I've actually not seen that. But, oh man, um, you get a kick now that we know each other. Pretty few. You'd see me on that and be like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> but watching Fantasy Factory, yeah. and seeing like your endless good humor about yeah. everything, yeah. And then, what I found so interesting is what you did after that and then really building a business and because there was so much parallel it was like you were blowing up young and reckless as i was trying and failing by the way to blow up quest apparel yeah and so seeing that in there like you were really becoming an entrepreneur that was able to execute yeah which is such like there's no evidence of that in anyone until they do it right you can never know that somebody's going to be a successful entrepreneur until they do it so it's pretty incredible that you were able to make so much out of that and i'll say this
1: i don't like you know um i questioned it you know like like this is how it works right when you're sorry to spoiler alert or or whatever (laughs) if anyone was a, a, a super diehard fan but like There was an episode for my 21st birthday where they shaved the center of my uh, head because they said um, that I was balding and this is what I was going to look like when I was older. Right. Right. So they shaved me like I was a bald old man. Uh, I wore a suit. We got on a party bus. We went to Las Vegas and we partied all night for my 21st birthday with me looking like a crazy old man. They came to me first and said, hey, we have this idea. We want to shave your head. We want to blah, blah, blah. The problem is you look at it and you're like, that's hilarious, right? You know, like that's absolutely we can do that. I'm not, who am I to say, no, I take myself too serious. That's too far. I don't think there was hardly any ideas that I ever said were too far. I realized that was my role on the show and I realized it was hilarious. So like, who am I not to do it? And then, you know, you film it and you act like, oh my God, you're shaving my head. This is so crazy. (laughs) I And now I will say, I did 100% worry that it would limit me from being able to ever be taken seriously. Mm. Um, Why do you think it hasn't? I don't know that it hasn't. I still think it might. Um, I still think that even though, here's the conundrum, even though I wouldn't have had the opportunity to start the business, had I started the business without that history, maybe people would be like, oh my gosh, he is the greatest Thirty-year-old entrepreneur. This guy is a genius. Where now they're like, oh, it's drama from the thing. <laughs> I don't know, but it's all right. to me. It's just how you. It's just how you use it. To me, it makes people relate to me much more. It makes people feel like, damn, like I watched him go from this little assistant getting picked on to like he's doing well now. Right. And I think that that adds a lot more depth to who I am. So I, it was my only way in. It was my, so I can't question it or I can't even really spend too much time on it. I think it was my only way in. I think that I played it how I wanted to play it, and I think that. um it's led to an insane story and something for us to be able to talk about on camera, you know? To me, this is one of the most
0: important principles of entrepreneurship is waiting for the perfect opportunity is a death sentence. And taking the opportunity that you are presented and then figuring out later how you're going to make the most of it, I think is super smart. So there are countless times where at Quest, at Impact Theory, an opportunity comes up and I'll tell the team, look, this is not the perfect opportunity, but it's an opportunity. So we're going to take it, we're going to get momentum. And this is where that whole concept, we have the shirt called Momentum Matters. And it's like, getting people to understand fucking momentum is everything. And if you can't build momentum with something, with whatever opportunity, then you just... I agree a trillion
1: percent. I would say in my own case, like Young and Reckless as a whole was a bit of a piece of momentum, right? Like, I mean, I've always 100%. been interested in clothing, and I always wanted to make my own business, and blah blah blah. But like, did I grow up in in Akron, Ohio, making sketches of streetwear? Because right. my no, I saw the opportunity. I saw that these things were converging, and I could use the show to market this product, and it was a good product to do. And then you could you could send it to Pacific Sunwear, and everything right. lined up for that one. Keep in mind, I also tried. Music production. I tried microwave burritos. I've tried a little the bit of everything. Microwave burritos. Yeah, they're called loudmouth burritos, nice. and it was like pizza flavored. And so I've tried other stuff. This one just worked. Right. But um, my point was, so I followed the momentum. I followed the instincts. I created the brand. It worked. It lined up. And then there was a moment when Young and Reckless became really successful, and the show was ending, um, where I started taking it too serious, and I started saying no to good opportunities because i wanted to protect the brand so closely and i think that was a big moment for me of learning like whoa 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 don't get too serious here Mm -hmm. and still don't forget to follow that flow you know because it's not always going to go how you want it's not going to be perfect you're you just have to protect it within the boundaries of the opera protect the brand within the stream of opportunity and keep pushing It, it would be my opinion
0: All right. We have a fan question. This one comes from cage hits question on personal branding. The new thing is to be the face of the company and stepping out front, much like Tom is doing here at it. However, what amps me up is being like Batman in a sense where you take on this huge role, but you do it all from the shadows. So in business terms, it would be like building a huge business, like a quest, but being able to leading but being able to lead it like Batman, if that makes sense would love both of your opinions. My opinion
1: is that sounds really cool, and I would love to do that too, but I don't believe that it works as well. I don't believe there's a plan on how to do it. I believe that you're relinquishing a lot of control up to just the universe. Um, and I'm just a firm believer. Sure, I'd love to live in some weird mystery $100 million mansion and pull the strings from my MacBook, (laughs) Um, but um, it's not. there's no plan of action there. There's a plan of action to get out front, talk about what the brand is, talk about what you care about, and I don't know. That's why I, I like the idea of it, but I can't see a way to do it. I'd rather attack and be up front
0: yeah so first i'll say that Bat- batman's company is called wayne enterprises so <laughs> uh let's start with that True. um and i think that in any other time in history i would have been in the background mm-hmm. um, and any other time in history i think that i wouldn't be able to succeed to the level that i have mm-hmm. because my innate personality the things that i love and and by innate i mean that i've Spent since the time that I was a kid, fanning these flames of, you know, focusing on my compassion and team building and all those things, which I did get early resonance with, and so that's what I love doing: building community, being inclusive. Like those are all things that I like. And pre-social media couldn't be rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Um, taking care of the customer never used to be the most empowering marketing vehicle you could possibly ask for. It was always good, yeah, but it was always a long play, right? It would take ten years for your reputation to get out there, and in, in yep. a startup world, that's, that's a, a huge financial investment to make to hope to reap the rewards in 10 years, which is why so few companies did that in the past yep. and why so many companies are doing it now because social media allows you to, when you're good to somebody, unintentionally they will spread the word or when you're bad to somebody, they will unintentionally spread the word. Yep. So um, we're living through an era where I think as an entrepreneur, if you're not looking at the tools that are available to you and taking advantage of those, you're just being a fool. Yeah. So, if you don't have that skill set, then don't do it. And if you don't want to build that skill set, don't do that. But I would say you need somebody in the company that can because this is how people engage with brands and content. Yeah. Also, forget about millennials for a second. Start looking at Gen Z. Gen Z is going to demand that you. Tell them who you are. You're going to need a live camera on your face at all Essentially, times. Essentially, right? Yeah. And if for no other reason then they really want to know, yeah. like, are you supporting people? Are you helpful? Are you inclusive? Yeah. Are you empowering people? Like, it's what they care about. Yeah. So if you understand that that's your consumer, that's what they care about, and you need to build a company that is going to give them something that they feel is valuable, not that you think is valuable, that they think is valuable. Yeah. You're going to have to do that. So... Um, Like you, I would have much rather been in the background. And for at least two years before I started stepping out front at Quest, my marketing department was heckling me to do it. And they're like, dude, you've got to step out. They wanted to do a reality show. Like we were growing so fast. They're like, this is so unprecedented. We could get somebody to cover this. I was like, absolutely not. No way. I have no interest in stepping out front. And it wasn't until it was just getting so obvious that it was the most part... Powerful marketing vehicle, and that things were moving away from the traditional way people thought of social media to now personal branding. Yeah. That I think in a few it.
1: years it won't even be looked at as a strategy; it's a necessity. Like I don't. It's like saying I wish I could have a really, really big company, but just not have to worry about a silly little customer service department. Right. You know, it's like I know yeah. that that would be cool, but I just don't think. And I, and I don't know anyone personally who has chosen the strategy of being mysterious, and it's paid off in any way. I think mm-hmm. that. It just appears that way in some companies, but it's not. Yeah. That's my opinion.
0: All right. So we've got a giveaway. We're gonna be giving away young and reckless way. And for as much fun as you guys made of me, uh, let's get this bad boy over here. We have a bag. Nice. So is it the bag and everything in it? Nice. So we've got dope hat, got some shirts, got the backpack. Nice. Look at that. Ooh, went all the way to a hoodie. All right, and the question here is, what episode number of the short story long podcast was Tom on? What number of the short story long podcast, which is drama's podcast, was I on? All right, drop that in, and you can win all this amazing young and reckless swag. That's good. Our little little gifty spot here. All right, I think we had another question. Yeah. This is fun. Here we go. This is from Tina Kohlberg. Drama. Before the accident coma, did you always think this way? Real with yourself. Perspective about ego.
1: It's really funny. That's a funny question because that's something that my cousin Rob makes fun of me for a lot. Is like He's like, man, you, you were kind of dopey before you had that head injury and you just woke <laughs> up an entrepreneur. Right? Really? But, but it's a joke. I, don't, I think, um, obviously I think about it a lot and I'm reading. How old were you? Uh, 18. and I'm reading Phantoms in the Brain right now, Mm -hmm. the Ramachandran book, and did I say that right? Yeah. And there's all this stuff about brain injuries and all the effects that it can have, and I'm just Mm -hmm. sitting there thinking to myself, like, was I the same? Did I really think this way? The honest answer is yes. Um, I think, to be honest, I personally don't think anything is different. Nobody that I know has honestly said anything is different. The only thing that it did was, for years, it gave me really bad anxiety, because what happened was I had a blood clot in my brain and I couldn't leave, so that happened in July. I was trying to move to California. I had to keep going back and getting CAT scans over and over and over every month to see if the blood clot had went away. Mm. And finally, by November, they said, look, it still hasn't went away, but we're not gonna keep you here. You can move if you want. So I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. But they said, like, there's a very, very, very serious chance that you could have seizures that you could have, you know, repeating issues. So I literally, when I first moved to LA, I was a little anxious anyway, but anytime I would feel like even slightly lightheaded, I'd be like, here it comes. I'm having a stroke and a seizure all at the same time. You know, like I'd be like, it's over. So it gave me this sort of lingering weird anxiety of like something terrible is gonna happen to you at any moment that I, I, I had to get over. But that was it. It didn't turn me into
0: Superman, unfortunately. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
0: that is a little unfortunate yeah but that's like really scary yeah like that's a for real brain injury something that knocks you out for five minutes is terrifying
1: yeah it was bad
0: four days it was
1: bleeding brain back here and then i had a concussion in the back and then in the front from it bouncing back forward and then the uh the blood clot was from the skull fracture um It was weird. The weirdest thing is you wake up four days later and like your fingernails are longer and your facial hairs and it just feels, you know, because you're like, what is going on? Wow. Like these things happen that you don't think about. What was that
0: moment like? I mean, that's like out of the fucking movies.
1: I'm going to be honest. As best as I can remember, it was sort of this like, like you knew something happened it wasn't like where am i get me out of here and it also wasn't like i heard you talking the whole time (laughs) it was just sort of like you knew that something happened but you didn't know what or or where because i don't remember all i remember is eating breakfast that morning
0: whoa yeah yeah. i don't remember the the rest is people telling you about it
1: yes and so i was the filmer for the group right i was the camera guy and so there was i went home oh there's a couple stories i went home and i looked at my camera and i'm like who filmed all this stuff and they're like you did And I didn't remember, and I'm talking, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I don't remember any of it. That would be weird. Crazy. And then um, I also, when I woke up, um, I couldn't taste food at all. I had zero taste. Um, I couldn't read. And I also remember I went home, and all I would do is be on my computer because I was editing skate videos. I just love my little computer. And I went on, I remember I clicked on Safari on the browser, and I didn't know how to work it. Like, I couldn't figure out how to operate how long after a web the accident, browser. And I was is... like, oh my gosh, I'm screwed forever. That was, well, so four days, uh, we'll say in a coma, maybe two days in the hospital, and then I got home the next day. So a week after. Whoa. But I couldn't lay on my left side. I couldn't sleep on my left side because I would feel like I was going to throw up. Like, there was just all these weird oh. little things, but they just- Is that all gone? I still don't sleep on my left side, but I don't know if it's because of that or not.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: But uh, Wow. Yeah, but I can, uh, everything else, I haven't noticed any longer term uh, side effects. Dude, you
0: got so lucky. Oh, like, no. the now, thing when I'm reading that, that book, me, I'm like, right? holy cow, I dodged seven bullets. Oh my God. The brain damage and losing my wife, those are my two fears. Yeah, tell me about it. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, we've got another question here from Angela Monette. Uh, Angela Monette Smith how flexible should you be with the direction of your brand or should you define the brand vision and not stray to catch the momentum age
1: old question and age old debate Um, I believe that the answer and I'm sorry that this isn't more direct is like you have to know the middle and like I don't know maybe I'd compare it to being in a relationship right with your boyfriend and girlfriend and you got to know how far you want to bend to benefit the relationship and for Mm. them. And you got to know when it's time for you to say bye. And only you know that. Nobody else knows that. I've seen it all happen. I've seen people refuse to let go of their brand values to the point where they run it directly into the ground. I've seen people be too loose where it never gets off the ground you've seen i mean you got to look i i've been using this example a lot lately but cuz it's so massive look at what's happening right now with nike and adidas and we're talking about nike right arguably the best brand in the world they did a little project with kanye west he got a little squirrely they let him go they said you know what we don't need you who cares kanye west goes over to adidas adidas explodes and adidas explodes off of influencer marketing meaning like Uh, artists and rappers and all these different people and based around Kanye West and the Jenners and the Kardashians. Insane, right? Um, Nike, who has had a tradition of never straying from nothing but elite athletes and running. Never. We will never stray. That's why they strayed from Kanye West. Their latest campaign is with Travis Scott and Bella Hadid because now they're having to say, oh, crap, we missed something and, and Adidas is on to something. And their new collaboration is with Virgil, uh, who's a designer and they're, you know, like they're now Nike is saying, uh Oh, like we got to So there is no magic answer on that. You have to feel it out for yourself, but feel it like do something that feels out of your comfort zone. If it felt bad, don't do it again. Do, you know, hold tight. If it feels like you're not growing, loosen up. Like it's constant. It's an everyday thing. There's not one thing that you can write in a mission statement and never stray from. It's
0: not that easy. Yeah. It's interesting. So when I think about mission, um, To me, it comes down to what are you willing to show up and fight for every day, even if you're failing, right? Because the struggle is guaranteed, but the success is not. So if like building that business is just exciting enough for you that you want to do it no matter what, and you you know, hey, I got to collect a paycheck and all that, um, I get it. But I went through the hardship of chasing the dollar instead of having a mission and steering by that and Mm -hmm. letting that be the filter by which I made decisions. And it was a fucking nightmare. So I've learned the lesson on the opposite side of the coin, which is you can have all the financial success in the world and still absolutely fucking hate your life because you don't believe in what you're doing. So true. So for me, with impact theory, we have a mission. And I would say if you have a mission, don't ever stray from it. Yeah. Not for any reason, but make sure that your mission is very clear. It's the absolute center of who you are. So, mm-hmm. if we were to say young and reckless is actually about being able to help young people develop what they need to go and be successful, whatever that is, right? To get out of the box. The recklessness is about not letting society put some pressure on you to hold you down. It's really defining your own life on your own terms, bucking what everybody says is safe. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a framework even I could get passionate about, right? Like yeah. I could totally connect to that and be like, okay, I'm behind this fucking brand. Let's do this. Yeah. The path to me is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So the path right now may be streetwear. Yep. But if you realize that there's something more empowering or just because one thing I want you to understand about this young entrepreneur here is he understands the business dynamics of his industry, of his company, insanely well. I really fell in love with you at that dinner that we did where you just broke down like the clothing industry. I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Like from the retail perspective, where it's going, it was really incredible. So he, he understands all of that. He knows how to execute. So if you needed to pivot because you saw like where the industry is going. This doesn't make any sense to continue to invest in here. Like That's not my mission. My mission isn't about clothes. Clothes was the path to my mission of helping them break out of the box and, and really do something that matters and yeah. get control of their life. So when you have a mission that, that's like that, it's people-focused, it's broad enough that it doesn't require XYZ business dynamics, yep. then I think you can stay true to the mission. Um, and so that's how I think about it here at yes. Impact Theory yep. is the studio is a path. The mission is to pull people out of the matrix. So yep. to give them an empowering mindset. So if I realize that the way that we're doing it now doesn't make any sense, then, then I'll switch gears. But I think that if you can switch off of your mission too easily, then it wasn't real to begin with, yep. um, so. Or finally. maybe it was too small, like one thing that
1: I would just put out there is like, a lot of times people's mission is too small and too close-minded of a mission. And so it's too easy to deviate off of, right? And so everything is a threat to it. And if that keeps happening, maybe it's time to broaden your mission a little bit. A quick example, if we have the time, sure. is like when I first came up with the concept for Young and Reckless, the concept for the product was this. Um, I'm from Ohio. There's no cool clothing options there. It's just you take what you get in the mall. In LA and New York, people line up around the block for cool brands like Supreme and all these mm. cool streetwear brands. I want to create a brand that has that same feeling but is available to the kid in the mall. The problem is, over the years, that model that, there's no longer a market for that because most of those brands have started selling to the malls and social media has opened mm. it up and that's just not reality anymore. So now my strategy is i want to be able to make more fashion on trend uh clothes that are really good uh really on trend really really cool but affordable because it's always been this mission of i want it to be accessible right it's always whether it's i want to create a cool brand and it's accessible or i want to create really good valuable product for an accessible price Mm. but at the top of all of that the young and reckless brand mission statement has never changed it's always been to get young people to break out of the box and it and be what they want to be so it's like maybe you need to broaden you know the mission if you keep getting jammed up too quickly i, right. I think because no. things will change you
0: know no for sure that makes a lot of sense so where do you see yourself going from here what's the what is that plan to help people redefine themselves i think that like um when i look at what i've done Like truly, what
1: I've accomplished, or like people that I have impacted, I think that I've just scratched the surface. And I think that, um, you know, now that I'm getting way more into this content stuff and the podcast stuff, and I just think that my, the drama universe will be 10 times bigger um, in even a few years than it is or has been this whole time. And I think that it's through, like I said, educating with the podcast and, showing my video content and what I'm actually doing and building up the brand, uh, the Young and Reckless brand. And I just think like, I think that when you, when young people think of me now, they think like, oh yeah, I think he was on that TV show and he does that Young and Reckless thing. That's right. pretty cool, but what I would like them to think is like, oh, that's drama. He, I just watched his vlog uh, last week, and he just had Tom on his podcast, and he just, you know, he just went on a rant about marketing and the blah blah blah, and like he really, I know him, I have a relationship with him, and this is what he's doing, and there's charity elements, and he's helping people start businesses, whatever it is. Mm. I just think that like when you think of me, um, I'll be a lot more meaningful to people and a lot more relatable and a lot it'll be a lot clearer in, in a few years and i'll just build on that as i go that's my life goal um, is to do that what role does music play in what you guys are doing so music um we work with a lot of music artists with what we do the reason why to be 100 honest with you is because um i really personally am drawn to it and i'm really drawn to like the hunger, especially in rap music, especially with a lot of these young rappers, and uh, they just portray the hunger so well. And on top of all of that, it's cool. Because one thing that I always argue too is at the end of the day, I'm not really running a media company yet, or I'm running a clothing company. And I have to work with people that look cool right so you have to be you know people have to want to dress like the guy in my photo shoot right it can't be a guy sitting at a laptop unfortunately with our new t-shirt on (laughs) nobody's going to buy it so it's kind of like how do you where my real sweet spot is right now is young hungry passionate people that look really cool and Mm. music artists are a
0: lot of those people yeah music is something that i and i know we had talked about Mm -hmm. possibly even doing some sort of collaboration music to me is is a, a driver of community, and so what I mean by that is we're trying to do the thing we call Impact House, mm-hmm. which to create the studio the way that we want, we really need to involve a lot of creative people that are hungry to do something um, really amazing, that are looking for collaborators, that are looking for inspiration, that are looking to be a part of something bigger that's really a cultural movement, mm-hmm. and so. The as powerful as the Internet is and as powerful as social media is, I think the real juice is when you connect like you and I connecting in real life. Right. So bringing people together here at the house, doing sort of creative salons and the vision was always to bring in a musical act, someone up and coming, Mm -hmm. create a space where they could perform Get people attracted to that, and then you have like the, you know, the breakout session. So you've got the musician celebrating the hunger, the whatever, and then you've got that breakout of, and now let's really create something.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just cool. It's a cool, um, it's just cool. The same way it's cool to have at a party or cool to have at an event. It's cool to have in your clothes and it's a cool story to tell. And I think that it's a really easy And I just love it. Like I said, I used to want to be a music producer, you know, and I just. You were DJing for a while, weren't you? So the first thing was I was actually producing music. I was making beats and sending them out every day, and I was calling myself Drama Beats, and I was. uh, (laughs) And I really thought I was the next Scott Storch, right? Um, And then I kind of tried DJing a little bit and whatever, but they just weren't connecting. It wasn't fun the way it was going. I just didn't like it. Um, But I just have such a passion for it and for creating a song and what goes into that and just the passion of these young artists and
0: i don't know it's just something i'm really drawn to all right we have another fan question here yes. this one is from carlos becerra drama you mentioned that you tried several of the businesses in the past did you at that time think of bringing value to the people or what was the purpose so when we were back making uh burritos yeah. What, what were we So thinking?
1: not as much. I will say that I, I do think that as I've gotten older, I've understood the concept of of sort of bringing value to people more, more than just like a product. Right. You know, I used to kind of look at it as like, eh, you create a cool business, it's cost effective, you sell it here, which still works for a lot of people. But now I'm much more um, driven by that value concept. So the answer is... What changed in you, by the way? Oh, I just think I matured. You know, I just think that like when you're young and you're just kind of looking at what people are doing, because I don't think they teach that enough, right? Like, I think they, if you go to business school, I've never been, I'm just guessing, they teach margins and distribution and uh, maybe the concept of the business and the creative and all this stuff. But they, I don't know that the concept of really adding value to people and asking them mm-hmm. to buy product in exchange is taught yet properly. Yeah. So I just think I got older and I realized that that is what really works. And that's what people really resonate with. And the reason why we had so much success on our TV shows was because we were creating entertainment value for people. And they were inspired by the episodes we were doing and the stuff we were doing. And in turn, they were buying our products and they were subscribing to sort of our lifestyle, you know. And um, I just think I understood that more as I as I got older. So the answer was, is not really. Like I wanted to be a music producer. What's the value you're really creating? I wanted people to dance in the club to my stuff. I wanted microwave burritos. I just saw the opportunity that our demographic are a bunch of like young college kids who are probably going to 7-Eleven and grabbing some microwave burritos. So I wanted to create a cool brand that was, it was cheeseburger flavored, pizza flavored. It was kind of like this quirky burrito thing.
0: Who taught you to think about demographics and stuff like that? Like, where'd you learn that? Like I didn't learn that stuff until way
1: later. I don't know. I think it just made sense to me. I think it just made sense. I think that that's why I am where I am. I, that's the part I don't know. That's the part that I think that's in me, and that's what sort of carried me to where I am. Because I started thinking I was going to be a professional skateboarder. Then I thought I was going to work at a skateboard shop. Then I thought I had no idea. But but there's been this element of me that's just kind of followed instincts, learned, and then viciously applied. How do
0: you go from thinking you're going to work at a skate shop, which is essentially a minimum wage job, I like that. to really dreaming big and becoming an entrepreneur this is why i love that
1: uh that's my whole point my brain couldn't think more than working at a skate shop like i my dream i remember sitting on my friend's roof in akron ohio a week before i left to move to la and i said man six months from now i'm gonna have my studio apartment uh we're gonna be able to drink all the beer we want I'm gonna have a full-time gig at this skate shop out in the valley, and like we can just skateboard on the weekends and sell skateboards during the week. And it was a dream come true. Right. And it's just that my mind opened up. You know, you just see things. You see what's possible. You see that they're and not. The things you were seeing was
0: was what was going on with Rob. Like yeah, what with the Rob. But also, I had seeing?
1: all these other friends that were. Um, you know, you just become friends with, I had one friend who was uh, making music for an up-and-coming rap group and all the stuff that Rob was doing and just all of our circle, there was just so much happening. There's so much happening in LA mm. and you just see like, well, I don't know if this guy can do it and this guy can do it, then why can't I do it? And, was that
0: the big hurdle for you? You just never thought that that was something a kid from Akron
1: did? Yeah, you just don't. I think that and I think that that's how a lot, a lot, a lot of young people are is they dream And they watch a lot of Gary Vee, and they do all this stuff, but they, they don't actually believe that they can do it. Mm. And um, I just wasn't it you on the podcast the other day on Joe Rogan's podcast that said you told a kid he could have whatever he wanted, and he said a million dollars. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. And it's sort of like not only saying you can have more, but look at these people that are having more. Look at us. We're just two normal guys sitting here having a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Some people look at us like, oh, they have it all figured out or they had some gifts or they had whatever. And it's just not, that's what I'm trying to break down. Right. You know, and um, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's why I love that because that was my wildest dream. And now the thought of working at escape <laughs> shop, obviously, you know,
0: makes me... So what's something in becoming an entrepreneur that surprised you that you want anybody out there considering becoming an entrepreneur to know? Um, Just that you can
1: do it and that like you just got to pay attention. And like I said, be humble and learn and apply it. But nobody's nobody's that smart. Like nobody's that, you know I mean? Even me, I go in every week to our office and I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's try this, <laughs> right? Like here's our plan. We got a pretty good inkling that it's the right, you know, we think we know why we're doing this, but mm. let's go for it. And I've watched people build massive businesses and that stuff. And it's just from collecting information and taking your best shot at it. And I think that people underestimate, like I said, their own power and their own ability to,
0: to do stuff, Yeah, you know? no for sure um, alright so unfortunately we are running out of time all right. getting the uh, the rap good. segment uh, yeah, I could do this here. all day if you need someone but, to
1: come back at like 3am just give me a call
0: my man I I was going to say like careful <laughs> and careful what you offer there here there we go all so right. we need so everybody drama is going to be back at 3am make there sure you join us Uh um, great dude this was awesome thank you so much for coming on and guys check out what he's doing at Young and Reckless I'm telling you after being on his podcast after going going out with him to dinner after spending time with him here at the house, like really getting to know who he is as a person. I think what he's doing is incredible. Not only is he executing well, um, but the changing vision of what the company can be and how it can help people, I think is really, really cool. I think this is a brand to watch. An entrepreneur who's now getting out there and um, letting you learn with him in real time is super, super cool. I love it. A very welcome voice in the podcast world. And thank, thank you, you again you. for having me on, man. It was incredible. Yes, and. Uh, thank you for being here thank today, you so much friend. And, uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you back here at 3am and don't forget guys do we have a winner on the segment yet yeah. we do oh there it is okay so the winner of the amazing Young and Reckless swag is Mike Burkhart yay Mike and Mike is an active member of the community so there it is so super excited Mike well played and um, you know something that I don't I don't even know what number do you know what number of your podcast I was 61? 62? Shit. 62 61. for the answer. Yeah. All right, there it is for the win, Will. Well played. I'm out of here. All right. Well, brother, thank you so, so much.